During the pandemic, the world of music got a real-time fact check on how important the live music business really is to the rest of our industry. Several important groups were created after that realization to make sure that venues can stay open to provide artists and fans with the live music experience into the future. Welcome to the future of what? I'm Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. On today's episode, we talked to Kat Henry of the Live Music Society about what her organization is doing to support the live industry. It's all coming up on the future of what? Can I have a taste of your ice cream? Kat Henry is the executive director of the Live Music Society. Kat, welcome to the future of what? It's great to be here, Portia. Yeah, lovely to talk to you. So why don't you start by just giving everybody an overview of what Live Music Society does? Absolutely. Uh, We're a nonprofit foundation uh, established in the very early months of 2020, right before the pandemic. Our mission is to recognize and protect small music venues, listening rooms uh, across the United States. Uh, We have uh, focused on equity and inclusion. We want to see the, the field develop and we support best practices, innovations that improve the experience for everyone, for the staff who work there, for artists who perform in these spaces, and especially for the audiences who support them. And we are currently a grant-making organization. We began right when the pandemic happened with emergency funding, and through 2022, we were able to award two and a half million dollars to help save several venues that might not otherwise have made it through, which is something we're quite proud of. And since then we've pivoted into a new kind of grant making that is a little bit more optimistic and uh, and future focused. So um, as we look into 2024, we're expanding our grant programs and, and looking to see how we can develop our relationships with the venues that are part of our network. What I think is so interesting about your organization is that you guys were actually conceptualized before the pandemic, which is really, uh, that's pretty, that's some good foresight on the part of your founders. Yeah, it's a group of music industry executives and, and music lovers and, offic- and musicians, in the case of Nona Hendrix, who um, gathered together and, and started speaking to each other in the summer of 2019 about the precarious nature of small music venues in the larger music ecosystem that, you know, the margins were slim uh, before the pandemic, that they face uh, economic and legal hurdles that have been very challenging. And in uh, the capacity of venues that we include in our network, which is generally under 300 capacity, above 50, but under 300 it's it's tough to make to make that work economically. So to recognize their role outside of the business as community centers, places where you have affordable access to culture, that it's not necessarily about the profession, although being a musician and having that profession is a huge part of the venue 
venue industry that these places at this size, often non-profits, are places that provide a creative space for their community. For example, with open mics or old time jams, you know, they'll bring people into the space to acknowledge that making music together, sharing music together, gathering together is an elemental human need. It's an ancient, <laughs> an ancient human need. And in a, in a time when there's a lot of discussion about the epidemic of loneliness, that these, that these spaces, especially in rural, rural towns outside the major cities where it might be the only space in that, in that town, that they, they, they have a, a really unique role and there's an absolute need for them. So the, the board recognized that and, and used that for establishing the foundation. But yeah, of course, right after the, the paperwork had been submitted, the, the pandemic lockdown happened. And of course, there was an immediate need. And they very quickly determined that the best use of the foundation's funds at that time was emergency funding, up to $50,000. And um, over 140 venues from 2020 to 2022, and $2.5 million in emergency funding. That is so fabulous. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, as someone who played in a punk band for years, under 300 cap venues are sort of my home. That's, that's where I would say we right, spent yeah. most of our time. Um, and it, you know, it's, it, they're just, there's no substitute for small local venues, you know, music venues in a community and what they, what they provide for the community in so many different ways. So I think it's, it's very exciting what you guys are doing. How, if there are anyone, if there are folks listening who actually run a small venue, how do people apply for your grants? We are currently in the middle of adjudicating one of our very new grants. As I said, when we moved out of the pandemic into something that was a little bit more optimistic and hopeful, you know, it was really important to stop thinking of it in emergency terms and saying, okay, the future is looking hopeful. The, you know, as, as tough as it's been for everyone, there is something to look forward to and to gather. And this is a part of a healing, a healing force that, that we can contribute to. So we created two new grant programs. The first is called Music in Action, and it's, and it's designed to help uh, venues reconnect with their audiences or to do projects that are very community centered to increase equity to just you know re re-energize their bed of support you know their their communities who will ultimately ensure their long-term health and growth and then the other one which we're currently doing is called toolbox it's a it's a grant where venues can ask for up to ten thousand um, dollars for more practical uh, needs such as, you know, replacing your backline or even, you know, fixing your wiring in some cases with some of the older spaces. And so um, we advertise, we, we put out press releases. We're going to do each of these grant programs every year. And people can find out by going to our website, livemusicsociety.org. They can write into us. Um, if they are a venue or they know a venue, if they have a favorite venue, we would love to hear from people. And you can write to info at livemusicsociety.org. 
and and even write to me. I'm happy to, to talk to people about music and venues <laughs> all day long. Uh, I'm Kat at livemusicsociety.org. And, you know, we, we're looking for people to, to nominate venues that, that they think we should be aware of. And, and note that we support for-profits and non-profits. One of the only organizations, I think, that actually is able to give funds to for-profits. And people might think that's quite surprising, but at the, at the level that we're talking about, you know, the, the margins were always quite slim. And now with inflation, you know, we're, we're hearing that insurance, licenses, staffing, of course, which is a positive thing, have those costs have doubled. And so, you know, one of the venue owners joked with me recently, said there are there are non-profits, there are for-profits, and there are for-profits with no profits. <laughs> I was like, that's very, uh, very common. Right. <laughs> Just because your organization is for-profit doesn't mean it makes any money. Yeah, exactly. So true. Yeah. It's so funny. There's so many... I feel like there's there's so much of that in the in the music industry, sort of the the front line of connection between artists and their fans are, you know, independent venues and independent record stores, retailers. And it's the same for both. You know, this is a very slim margin business in both instances. You know, people are really living hand to mouth. And yet these are some of our most beloved institutions in in local communities. Yeah, and on the positive side, you know, they're some of the only places that will give a young artist, you know, such as your punk band, uh, their first start. You know, yeah. if you get into thousand seat venues, thousand and up, you know, they're unlikely to give somebody a chance without some kind of guarantee of a sellout. But that's right. those are the kinds of things that we encourage. And in fact, some of our grantees are using our grant money to ensure that they give young bands, emerging artists, their very first headline show for example, without, you know, being able to take that risk without knowing that they're, you know, without worrying they're going to completely lose their shirts, especially as they're trying to kind of claw themselves out of the financial hole that, that COVID put them in. They don't have the extra cash to take these risks and, and to be creative. So those are the kinds of things that we love to support and we love to see happen. I love that. So um, just for those of our listeners who may be familiar with NEVA, which is the National Independent Venue Association, how are you guys different from NEVA? How do you work with them? We love NEVA. <laughs> we have a very, very close relationship with uh, the folks at NEVA. Of course, you know, in 2020, when I was still um, working at a major performing arts institution, you know, I saw the Save Our Stages campaign and that, that great festival that they did in October of 2020 and was so, you know, awestruck by what they had managed to achieve driving the Save Our Stages Act. But of course, you know, that government funding, which was unprecedented, uh, $16 billion of the SVOG, I'm sure your listeners are very aware of that, of that incredible support that the government made available for the entertainment, not just the music industry, but the entertainment industry in America to save that economic engine that is so important to American culture. That funding didn't come through until 2021. So, you know, we were there kind of on the ground during that time, as well as many other foundations that were really trying to support not just venues, but artists and make it possible for people to survive this 
you know, really tough time. But as we as we came out of the pandemic and and connected with Neva, you know, they had their very first conference. We were just kind of getting off the ground at that at that time, but networked a lot of our network as our members of Neva. And this year in 2023, we really partnered with them. We supported, we went to DC where their second conference was, and we did some major activations at the conference to recognize our grantees. We had 17 new grantee venues for our Music in Action grant, and to support some of the small venues that are around DC. We, we had a showcase at the Pie Shop DC, which is a really cool venue where you can buy pie downstairs and, and go jam out upstairs. Uh, awesome. And there's a bunch, you know, DC is a great music city. There's a bunch of really, really cool spaces like Pie Shop and DC9. So we have a kind of very um, symbiotic relationship with Nevit. They have their own emergency fund, of course. So the biggest difference, I guess, from our grant making is that they are focused on, it, you know, Sadly, the next emergency that will come down the pike, whether it's a hurricane or a flood, you know, something that affects music venues, and they're there to support in those instances. Ours is more about audience, community development, and best practices. But we're, we're you know, super supportive, especially of their foundation that does so much work with professional development and webinars. And, and I hope to develop that relationship in the future. That's awesome. So livemusicsociety.org for folks who want to to have a small venue, who want to nominate a small venue. And also, I'm sure you guys, are you taking donations? We are currently privately funded, thankfully. You know, our board of directors provides the support and, you know, material as well as financial. We are very blessed in that respect that we have the resources to be able to make this impact. Um, we have done some fundraisers and we have had some some artists who have provided some some funding. Um, if people are really keen, we do accept small donations through our website. You know, every dollar that we raise from outside uh, sources goes directly to the venues. Our administrative costs are completely covered by our board. So if anybody wants to donate, they can direct it to a specific venue if that's what they prefer to do. But they can be assured if you give $20, $50, whatever you give, $5, through our website, that money goes to a venue. Wow. Well, continue the great work. Thank you. Kat Henry is the executive director of the Live Music Society. And Kat, thank you so much for being with me on the future of what today? It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. And that's our show. Our theme song is Mind Your Own Business by the Delta Five and is played by permission. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Today's show was engineered by Chandler Maynard at Relationary Marketing in Nashville and was produced by Dana Rogers and Henrik Bick. I'm Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. See you next time. Can I have a taste of your ice cream?